This conference is all about bringing together that powerful triumvirate, people, capital, and ideas. In 2015, the Paris Climate Accords set the target of limiting global warming to well below two degrees. To reduce the disastrous effects of climate change, we need a whole economy approach. Business, government, and finance working together, taking swift action to reduce emissions, supporting and championing the innovators in cleantech, promoting leadership that sees decarbonization as an opportunity, an opportunity for innovation, an opportunity for global collaboration, an opportunity to build a better world for the future generation. The people here today, the people driving this change. Welcome to Innovation Zero. Very, very happy to be here. Uh, we're going to have a conversation about two organizations. I'll put my cards on the table. I admire. Uh, so I'm not your John Humphreys. I'm not your Jeremy Paxman. Uh, but I'm not a sycophant either. So I want to understand what goes into a brilliant partnership. So um, please join me in welcoming from the two partners, if you like, on the one hand at Olio, that brilliant food sharing and more than food now app. Uh, we have Sasha Celestial One. And on the other hand, we have Nicola Mackay, who's a food programs manager at the brilliant Tesco. Why don't we welcome them both? It's some of these things that seem to need very little introduction. So why don't we, but we might as well start with Tesco because We've got guests from all over the world. It's a household name. It's a supermarket. But Nikki, remind us in numbers what we might not have realized about Tesco. Okay, so Tesco has got 2,800 stores across the whole of the country. I think I'm right in saying that we are now present in every single community in the whole of the UK. Yeah. Um, we've got 330,000 colleagues in those stores and our community programs are in all of those stores across the UK. Brilliant. And you say across the UK, outside the UK footprint? Yeah, in Central Europe as well, yeah. and in Republic of Ireland. Brilliant. Okay, so not a small organisation, right? Thank you. That's a good reminder. Olio, Sasha, we met right at the start of your entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey. You've done incredible things. Remind us where Olio is today and what you're doing. Um, so we started Olio eight years ago with the simple idea that anyone who had food they weren't going to eat um, that was still perfectly delicious should be able to give it away simply and easily to their neighbour um, by using a mobile app to do so. Yeah. Um, so fast forward to today, we have over 7 million people who've signed up to Olio. Um, over a million people each month are meeting on the doorstep to share food with each other. And we've rescued over 100 million portions of food. Amazing. So if I'm in the audience at Innovation Zero, I'm like, give me more of this. Where do I go to now so I can be looking it up, spreading the words? The place where you get all your apps, which would be the App Store or Google Play, depending on your And this is site. Olio. So forgive me if it's all over the screens, but O-L-I-O. O-L-I-O, yeah. Right, whereas I'm Ollie B, just to, just to clarify, but this is Ollie O. Good. We're downloading Ollie. Ollie. <laughs> All right. So so before we get into this partnership and what it actually is, remind us briefly, Sasha, why this is a problem worth solving in terms of what we chuck out. Um, so food waste is one of the biggest environmental uh, tragedies that we face collectively. Um, over a third of all the food we produce globally goes to waste. Yeah. And if it were a country, food waste would be the third largest um, emitter of carbon emissions or greenhouse gas, greenhouse gas emissions only after China and the USA. Right. So it is a massive environmental and social problem. Okay. So, so, so that definitely focuses the mind. So you've struck up this fantastic partnership. We'll hear what it is, how it went. What's the big idea? How have you come together? So... Um, 
basically we have a really sort of large and impassioned community, passionate community who really cares about food waste. And Tesco, meanwhile, also cares about food waste. And they've gone to very extreme like to donate to charity as much food as they possibly can at the end of the day that's fit for human consumption. But it turns out that there's simply not enough charities to collect all the surplus food that's generated at a retail level. Um, but there's still just loads of food that's available and needs to be eaten before midnight that day, food that has the same day use by date. So what we've done is mobilized our community, put them through food safety training, and then assigned them to collect to Tesco stores at the end of the day so that they take all the food that would have been, uh, that couldn't be sold, couldn't be donated to charity, but still had a few hours shelf life on it. Those volunteers are called food waste heroes. They take the food home, they immediately add it to the app, and then their neighbors come around and pick up the food from their home. And as a thank you, the volunteer can keep up to 10% of the food. Ah. So it's real-time, at-home, food redistribution of the surplus from Tesco. Right, so, so let's be crystal clear. So Dave here in the front row, he's a food waste hero. He's a current Olio user member, we would say. Mm -hmm. You've got the relationship with him. Yep. He is effectively sent out to his local Tesco store to pick up some food. Yep. Maybe not a lot. Um, it can be a lot, actually. Oh. Um, I mean, we have 50, 52,000 Tesco collections happening every month. Right. I think on average, the average collection has somewhere between 40 or 50 different items. What's he doing? He's going into the shop. He's going around the back into the car park. He's going straight into the shop. He's going to the person who manages that mysterious blue door the behind which all the employees. Oh, the one. Chili through there. Yeah, I get it. All right. Um, and he's catching some member of staff's attention. Staff have all been trained uh, miraculously. This is one of the things that Tesco's done really well to be on the watch out for either a charity on the day a charity side or an oleo food waste hero. So forgive me, he's picking this up. He's taking it back to his own house, his own fridge, which can then be shared locally. So half of all food is basically redistributed in 20 minutes. So we're recruiting volunteers who live as close as possible to the store, yes. who add the food as um, as fast as possible to the app. Right. And people request in matter of seconds and minutes. Amazing. And they pop around, hopefully just around the corner, say hi to their neighbor. Um, and people are forming relationships and there's a whole lovely network of food sharing going on. Understood. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Dave, for your service there. Very helpful. Hero. Nikki, paint the picture from the Tesco side. I want our audience to understand actually how it fits together. Not sounds good, but a bit vague. Tell us. Okay. So um, we've done a lot of work with our um, food waste program. So in 2017, we made the commitment that no good food would be going to waste. Yeah. So over those last kind of six, seven years, we've really embedded it into the whole waste pro like the whole waste routine system. So from the supply chain all the way down to the back of the store, um, food waste is kind of like at the heart and really important to what we do. So we've been working with Fair Share, who are our charity partner yeah. since 2012 yeah. um, on lots of different things, but we've been giving our food away from our distribution centers and from our stores. But we realized that um, despite all of our amazing charity partners we've got, we just couldn't, we still had some surplus that we couldn't get rid of. So that's where Olio came in. So we've also kind of innovated. So we, also, we do have some times that the charities come in and Olio come in. Yeah just to kind of try to maximize the amount of surplus that we're donating. Okay, uh, and if we if we had more time, we'd dig into how you separate between who gets what, but uh, so I think we understand the gist of the partnership. Yeah, we've got, we've got the gist of the partnership. I'm interested in how brilliant scale-ups partner with global multinationals. How did it actually come about? Because we've got a lot of entrepreneurs in the audience as well. Um, I mean, I often 
the only way to describe it is that wherever Tesco was, I was. So that was sort of like stalking of the all the ex CEO Dave Lewis. Oh, well, I see. Be- you're trying to. You're trying to. I was trying to catch, catch his attention. He had gone out and him and his organization had made a very ambitious public pledge to have zero edible store waste. And no one else had made that kind of pledge. And I was going to hold him to account. Right. Um, and so I kept saying, well, how far have you gotten? Like, you know, where are you in this process? How, you Can know, we help? Because I knew inevitably, by definition, if they were going to fulfill that pledge, they'd have to find a way to make sure that that food, fit for human consumption, fed people. And we were the only and still are the only player in town to help make sure that possible. So it was a matter of time and right. pressure. So so be honest, were you also courting other supermarkets? Uh, indiscriminately. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> but Tesco really is, and I say this um, like genuinely, um, the only supermarket that I've seen who has such ambitious goals with regard to food waste and has also invested the resources and time and staff training and operational Etc. to make it happen. And by the way, what does it feel like to be on the receiving end of a uh, persistent entrepreneur? Let's put it like that. It was, um, it could be challenging though. We did have, um, our feed waste heroes are amazing. Yeah. They are so passionate and literally we would get contact from store managers where they'd be like, I've had this guy, this person in from Olio. They, they said that they should be collecting food from us. And then we'd have it from when Sasha would come to these kind of events and meet Dave Lewis, and then we'd get a message from Dave Lewis going, I met these people called Olio. Are we working with them? If not, why not? Um, and so, yeah, there was the going at the top school of thought really, really, really does work. Oh, right. So, so what is the nature, whatever you can reveal, of this partnership? Cashless, you're a very, very great scale-up business, Sasha. What is it? What is it? Um, so we we charge a small collection f- fee for every collection that we arrange for the volunteer to yeah. take. It's as simple as that, really. Um, so, so on the one hand, you're true to your mission. You're reducing food waste. Yeah. It's a commercial partnership. Absolutely. Okay. What else are you getting out of it? I just want to understand this value exchange. We've done lots of co-marketing as well um, with regard to spreading the word with cust- Tesco customers, um, press releases, celebrating milestones such as the 30 million meals. Yeah. Um, and I think we've had a pretty good, it took a while to get on the Tesco sort of PR agenda. It's a busy one. Yeah. Um, but there have been lots of different campaigns that we've run together. Yeah, yeah. And, and from your perspective, Nikki, um, you know, this is true to one of your pledges, yeah. but this food waste costs you money. It does. Sorry, I was really distracted by that. Um, yes, it does. But it's a commitment that business has made. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, we committed back all the way back in 2017 that we would get to zero food waste. Um, in our latest annual report that was out last week, and there was a press release, hot off the press, um, we're now at 88% um, towards our zero food waste target. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, the whole company is absolutely behind. And just remind us where you're hoping, on what timeline do you want to bring that into 100 2030. I mean, honestly, though, they're so much further along than most yeah. other supermarkets that it is phenomenal. No, understand. Yeah. Now, I hope I'm covering some of your main thoughts, audience, but I'd like your questions in due course. So why don't you tell us, um, well, maybe Nicola first, where have you got to? What's the extent of the success so far? Any numbers you're able to share? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like I mentioned, the 88%. Also, we've um, through our partnership with Olio, we're at more than 30 million meals, as I think was um, mentioned. We've got 90,000 food waste heroes, I think, that are collecting from our stores. So, so just f- forgive my slowness, but the, just 
crystal clear for me on the what does that eighty eight percent mean? Eighty eight percent of of all our edible total edible food waste or surplus food gets effectively gets passed given on. to humans or to animal feed. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. So so those numbers, again, from the Olio perspective in terms of who you've mobilized and so on. Yeah. I mean, um, every month, I think over a half a million times, individual families are connecting directly with each other for t- Tesco surplus food to be given for free to someone who wants or needs it. Um, to me, that's just a massive scale. If you think about across the UK and the population, how many people are directly benefiting and that means that they're eating food that would have otherwise gone to waste. So it helps take off pressure from their family food budget. Yeah. And as much as everyone likes to try and sell more new food, we re- the reality is that we have to sort of shrink our consumption yeah. in order to take the pressure off the environmental um, side effects of that consumption. So I think a lot of it can be quite short-sighted, like, oh, maybe I don't want to displace the, yeah. the, the purchase and consumption of new yes. food. But... Um, it is the right thing to do from an environmental and social perspective. Right. So, so I can I can hear our corporate skeptic guest. I can hear their thoughts. They're going. It sounds a bit easy. Mm. All very polished. Where would we start? So there was a few, particularly as I've mentioned a couple of times, we integrate our food waste um, into our routines just to make it easier for colleagues and to make it like a real um, part of kind of the store how it runs. So we did have a few kind of tech issues. So we use a third-party supplier and that was a little bit tense at times Mm. um and then i think also it's kind of everyone understood from a store point of view what fair share was you're donating to charity it's all fine then we're all of a sudden we're working with olio and there was a little bit of kind of training we had to do with the stores like what are olio are they a charity how are they different but um the stores love olio right okay so so i want to know why well what why do they love olio um the food waste heroes always turn up when they say they're going to, they take everything and yeah. more. <laughs> For the most part, yeah. Um, yeah, so they'll take loads of food. That, and as I think you alluded to, in some of our smaller stores, we might not have a lot of surplus. Yeah. So to ask charities to come out potentially late at night yeah. um, doesn't always work. So that's where Olio Food Waste Heroes really... So, so Sasha, briefly, you've effectively mobilised an army of volunteers, excuse the phrase. Yep. Um they are doing a good thing. They get a bit of the food for themselves. They're not being paid no, no. to do that. Um, why do you think you've got such non-flaky volunteers? Um, oof. Well, we have a lot of processes in place to enforce our volunteer sort of behavior and guidelines. Yep. And the reality is we have way more volunteers who are waiting in a queue to get access to a collection slot okay. than we have collection slots. And so that enables us to be pretty strict with regard to enforcing our policies. So if someone skips a collection and isn't reliable, we just take them down and they lose that slot because there's someone else. Take them down. Take them down. Sorry. We we unassign them. Into the recycling bin for them. (laughs) And we unassign them and we let someone else have a chance at that collection slot. And then we also use the power of peer reinforcement and visibility. So volunteers are placed in groups with, with each other and they can all sort of see and monitor each other's behavior and they call each other out right. when someone's um, potentially misbehaving. They call each other out. How do they do that then? What platform are they using? It, within the app. We have, yeah, we, yeah we have, we've got a whole sort of separate section of the app that you won't see unless you're a volunteer. Good. Yeah. Very interesting. Oh gosh, keep getting a fry there. Um, <laughs> okay. So, so what do you go from zero to a hundred? Have you piloted? Did you, did you pilot it? Just help us understand those early stages. Cause someone will say someone from a, I don't know, a DIY chain here will be like, uh, the, the whole system would break. How did it start? Yeah. 
absolutely. So we piloted in two stores um, and just kind of to see if it would work as a, a proof of concept. When it did, we went to about 100 stores and then we kind of rolled out from there. So when you're choosing where to pilot, you go with the eager beaver or you go with the, with the laggard? I'm trying to understand because it's all very well to ask a gifted pupil to say something. Yes, to be honest, we went to one of the stores where, as I said, the store manager was going, we want to work with Olio. So that was one of the stores. Um, and the other one was, um, I remember. How I remember. Was that? Yeah. Long time ago. Normally we want stores that have lots of yeah. food and managers who are on board so that to give the pilot the best chance of success. Yeah. But between when we did the two-store pilot, we were, I think, a team of maybe 10 people. Uh. And we were doing the entire thing manually, sort of smoke and mirrors behind the scenes using WhatsApp groups. Yeah. And then when they came and they said they wanted the 100-store trial, uh, you know, we had advanced, but it was still pretty basic technology you know maybe we were 20 or 25 a team member team of 20 or 25 and then when they said okay we're ready to roll out six months we just had to sort of swallow and say all right and then just figure it out and it was one of the most intense periods of olio's whole journey sort of matching tesco's ambition and building all of that which we couldn't have afford to have dedicated the build in anticipation of the tesco rollout but once they gave us the go-ahead it was just a very memorable and exciting time yeah, memorable, exciting, the other. <laughs> intense, intense. As an entrepreneur's way of yeah. saying exhilarating. But we were building the airplane as we were flying, is sort of what I'm trying yeah, to say. And so we were migrating from a very manual to an now automated. Yeah. Back in the beginning, uh, and we've sort of maybe 50x'd our productivity with regard to how we can manage the Tesco collections. Excellent. No, kudos for that. Um, how are we doing covering what you want to know as our Innovation Zero guest? Who's got a question? Hi, I'm Kate. I'm from EY. Uh, my question is mainly for Nicola, actually. Amazing that you're having these partnerships with charities and with Olio, but what are you doing to help actually stop the overproduction and the excess food in the first place? Mm, great. Further up the river. Right. Do you mind, Edward, if we just take another question just across here? I know there's one in the front row. Just across the aisle while you're gathering your thoughts. Thank you. Hi, I'm Nikki, and I'm from Goodmine. It's a, a consumer goods waste prevention startup. Um, I'm particularly interested uh, asking Sasha a question, and it's around how did you build up the community of waste champions, um, and how did you know that you were going to have enough when you rolled out with your Tesco program? Yeah, great questions. Nikki, do you want to start? Did you, yeah. did you catch Actually, the question? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's fine. So we've worked with our um, with our suppliers and with our supplier chains to kind of really improve our forecasting across the whole business. So that's part of it. Um, also, we've worked with um, our suppliers. So we take all of the surplus. So f- for example, strawberries, that's kind of like the key thing at the moment. So we will, so when you'll see like the big packs of strawberries for sale, that's to kind of help our suppliers to stop, you know, to stop that going to waste. Um, we've also done um, a lot of work on our perfectly imperfect range so that we don't kind of throw away not that it was really being thrown away but um so we'll take all of the surplus that we can yeah we've also done some work linking our suppliers together so for example the potatoes from one of our potato suppliers now gets used to make um mashed potato for our ready meals so there's loads of work that's kind of done i won't go on for ages yeah <laughs> lovely bit of connecting yeah yes. for when the chips are down there you go right thank you very much uh, sasha this managing and balancing yeah um so it's, we, we didn't know at the beginning that we would have such an outpouring of enthusiasm from people who wanted to volunteer for Olio. Um, but from the very beginning, when we were standing on street corners, just talking to people passing by, getting their signatures, 
it, it, something like one in 10 or one in 20 people would say, here's my phone number, I want to help. Yeah. Um, it quite quickly, we realized there was this untapped goodwill and people felt really passionate um, and infuriated about sort of waste in their local community, especially um, often when that felt so immoral, when there were people going hungry. Yeah. Um, and so we just, the way we did it is that everyone who signed up from the very beginning, and we still do this today, we prompt them multiple times and give them the opportunity to sign up to become a volunteer. Uh -huh. um, and we've always had just a surplus of, of people. Um, and the hardest part has been figuring out how to mobilize them in a way to keep yeah. them motivated, inspired, and retained. Because actually, it's um, they, they need often they need to be told what to do. They need tools. They need directions, etc. You communicate really well with your with your users, and you're gauging interest at the one hand, and then you know actively sourcing the the volunteers. Well, at the most basic level, we started a Facebook group for volunteers, and then encouraged them all to help each other, and that has been transformational. Very cool. Love that insight. Thank you. My name's Ida Tucker. I'm a co-founder of a company called Generation C for Climate. It's all about connecting the climate stories of companies like yours with school kids, aged from, from seven all the way up to 18 and beyond. Um, you've got a fantastic story here. Um, it's obviously something that, yeah, talking about it here, but it's not reaching school kids on, on a mass level and it's not reaching their parents. Mm. So what is Tesco and organizations like Odeo doing to think about how you can better communicate yeah. your stories? It makes you think the story is not reaching parents. Um, well, not, not parents on a mass level. Um, Could you help us with that? Absolutely. Just saying. Okay, but, 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 well, well, we might address that if, 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 we'll, if we've got anything to add on to the plug. But thank you. No, seriously, good. Thank you. First row, please. And then I see you there. But, but it's, 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 a, it's a great point, actually, about amplification to encourage more of this, right? So we will pick it up. Please. Absolutely. Hi, my name is Steve. Uh, Fossil from Alliance. I work with startups in the climate space. I just wanted to understand, it seems like a lot of your success is based on the combination of community and technology. So are there some key lessons you could um, hand on to other entrepreneurs working in that space? Yeah. Brilliant question. Thank you. Nicola, on this spreading the word, particularly to families. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. Um, it's a really tricky one because with Tesco, there's so many messages, as you can imagine, that we need to get across. And a lot of them are around value. A lot of them are around kind of sales messages. So it is really tricky. But um, we're always looking at ways to amplify this message. Yeah. Absolutely. And we've got some exciting stuff in the yeah. pipeline, which I won't say anything more about. <laughs> to be clear. Thank you. Um, Sasha, great question. Um, yeah. So the product that is Olio is just is a, a mobile app. Um, but actually, that is the very smallest part of the product. The product is the people who sign up to the app. And actually, our app is pretty unsophisticated. Um, it's not that much more sophisticated than a WhatsApp app or a WhatsApp or something like that. And so the hardest part has been getting enough people signed up so that you have a density of users within a geographical area to basically match uh, demand with supply and ensure that you have a liquidity in the marketplace. And so I think my lesson would be that I see a lot of um, tech entrepreneurs spending a lot of time on the actual app, but what they really need to be spending time is on is the community. And you, it's hard to short circuit building a community. It involves being out on the street, talking to people, putting up flyers or handing out flyers, putting up posters and then like enabling other people to put up flyers and posters and joining local Facebook groups, et cetera, et cetera. I joined 700 local Facebook groups to spread the word about Oleo. Amazing. So in the beginning, like it's a lot of doing stuff that doesn't scale and it's not so much the technology. Yeah. Very interesting. Thank you. I'm looking for other offers and questions. I see just in that back row. Oh, there we go. Oh, you've got a question. There you go. Perfect. 
Hello. Hi. My name is Annabelle. I'm an avid user of Olio, and my question is for Sasha mainly. Um, so, in my experience on the app, the um, the general um, collection windows are towards the end of the day, towards like 9 p.m. that sort of thing. Is there any chance of broadening the collection windows to sort of increase the accessibility to the surplus food for those arguably less um, able to access the the surplus food that it could well that's really a question for tesco <laughs> well, no i'm also i'm also mean um in terms of accessibility to the app as well because it is largely a technology um oh no but sasha's saying you'd be up for it aren't you sasha so yes i'm sorry i'm not really wording my my question in the right way i mean you want earlier slots just, though don't you well earlier slots and also just increasing accessibility um on the app as well, because those who don't have access to the app yeah. are arguably more in need yeah, of food. Yeah, fair enough. Food. All right, why can't we have earlier slots? So, again, it comes back to our routine. <laughs> so, because we have to do our kind of like routines at certain times, we do have a number of stores that have morning collections, but then that just minimizes the amount of food because, um, it, like, used by products has to be collected by midnight. Okay, okay, okay. So, it's a journey, Sasha. Um, well, one of our company values is inclusive, and I would love nothing more than to have the app available to every person everywhere, regardless of what their accessibility requirements are. Um, we actually had a web-based version of the app for the first eight years. We only took it down two or three months ago. Um, no one used it. Ah. Um, and we had a really, I, I used it. I was disappointed, but it turns out no one else was using it. Um, I, I think it's a slight misperception that those that are most in need don't have the ability to access an app, um, either through a friend or directly through their own smartphone using Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. Right, let's take a final question offered there. Back row, thank you. Hi, thanks. My name is Dan. I'm uh, Altruistic. We're a sustainability data platform. Um, so one thing which I'm really interested in is how you think about measuring impact. So one interesting aspect is you already mentioned how big a problem the emissions part of food waste is. Yep. But then, Sasha, you mentioned the really uh, interesting point about you're helping with the social side of you have families who come together to have have meals when they might not have. Yeah. So yeah, how no, do you go good, about thinking about the measuring? That's the question. Well, we have really, really, really good data because of the way the systems are set up. So we know exactly how many kilos of food are being collected. And then there are industry standard conversions that, that, you, that are done through sampling analysis to help figure out what the carbon savings equivalent, the water savings equivalent, the number of meals is. And then, of course, us within our app, we track um, the human benefit, the social benefit, how many unique individuals are benefiting. Um, and we also do a lot of surveying of our users and also not our users to try and understand if we're helping with their financial well-being, their mental health, their sense of, of purpose, et cetera. So there's loads of things that we track. It's really important to us. And, and forgive us for being pushed for time. But Nicola, anything else to add on what you're measuring? No, I think it's pretty much the same. I mean, what we're looking to do as Tesco is kind of move away from just meals because meals is obviously a really important measure. But after a while, it's like when it gets 30 million, 160 million, you know, it's a bit what's next. So we're looking at kind of beneficiaries and how, how it's really helping people. Yeah. Um, thank you both. You've taken us so far beyond the nevertheless brilliant press release, so to speak, and given us a real insight into how this works. Um, Honoured guests, I hope you'll agree that was a really fascinating session. To register your interest in attending, exhibiting, sponsoring, or speaking at Innovation Zero 2024, please go to www.innovationzero.com.
We look forward to meeting you at Olympia in London on the 30th of April and the 1st of May 2024.